Hello and welcome to the American Scouser podcast. I am Jamie, one half of our, our Irish contingent here at American Scouser. Tonight I have the pleasure of hosting Mateusz and Paul. Welcome lads, how are we doing? Good, good, how are you guys? Hey guys. Listeners, thanks for joining us, of course. Tonight we're going to be discussing all things football, foosball, round ball, soccer ball, whatever you want to call it, and Liverpool Football Club with news from both sides of the pond. So we've had a wee break here at American Scouser with lots going on behind the scenes and in the ranks um, behind the scenes. So with not much to do um, with the international break, but a little news I can give you is that soon enough we are going to video. So you'll be able to put uh, a face to the, to the dulcet tones you can hear um, listening at home or on your commute or whatever you do. So without further ado, lads, let's get at it. Um, First off, a quick mention has to go to LeBron because I know he's an avid listener and the Lakers for winning a thing. Uh, I don't know why the Irishman on board here, the non-basketball supporter is talking about it, but lads, hopefully you can uh, fill the listeners in on what the Lakers done. Mateusz? Yeah, uh, I think it's just nice to see uh, after the death of Kobe Bryant and the lockdown, to see everything kind of come full circle for Los Angeles as an organization and as a city. Uh, it's kind of a, a movie-esque ending wrap-up to the season. And it's nice to see um, two droughts being taken care of this year in L.A. and in Liverpool. Absolutely well said. Paul, anything you can add on that? Yeah, just fitting tribute for Kobe, man. That's a, it's a nice way to wrap it up for that, for that sad story. Um, and of course, LeBron being a minority order, uh, owner and having a stake in, in, in everything, it's more exposure for him is more exposure for us, which is definitely good on the West Coast. Um, so yeah, all good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, big congratulations to them. Um, I'm sure they're still partying long into the, into the hours. Um, the big topic, I guess, we're going to have to talk about right now is Project Big Picture, lads. Um, so for the listeners who may not know, it's, um, it's a movement that's very much uh, in its early stages right now. Um, talks of reducing the size of the league and, excuse me, more money for um, the lower leagues and the EFL. Um, it's, our, it's our old friend, Rick Parry, who used to be the um, former chief executive of Liverpool Football Club. He's... Um, He's big in the football world. Like he's uh, one of the original CEOs of the Premier League. Um, I believe he's also a board member at New York Cosmos, which may or may not interest anyone. But it's a big topic. Nothing set in stone quite yet. But um, where do we stand on that, Paul? Any? Is it too gotta, soon? Or yeah, is it- I got to be honest with you. The first I saw of it was today, and I didn't get a chance to fully read up on it. Um, you know, I know there's, I know the talk is is that it benefits the the big five or the big six really in the long run, uh, but I think the gist of it I got is that they're trying to ensure that that we sort of preserve some of these teams, um, which I'm all for because I mean I think the last thing you want to do is see a team with 200 plus years of history go down and 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 be lost like you know what happened to uh, to uh, Barry was was tragic you know when you're watching them like shackle the front gates and close the stadium down for good i mean nobody wants to see that no not at all you're you're absolutely right 
And, you know, with, with the Premier League and, and these big clubs that have Premier League history coming back up into the history, uh, back up into the top division, you know, it, it's, um, it's a subtle reminder that it can happen all too quickly. Mateusz, where, where do you stand? Obviously, it's not, um, there's the long-term results and there's the short-term results that could possibly come of this. So where, what's your initial standpoint? I think there are elements to it that are very good. I think there are good ideas within it. But I think ultimately as a whole, it is a terrible idea. I think if it, it's basically a big power grab by the top six clubs, really. And it's, it's really sad to see. Um, if, I think there's other ways to go about helping financially. If you want to keep those clubs afloat, there are different ways to do it. Um, you've seen examples like in Germany when um, Munich helped out Borussia Dortmund when they were low on funds. You know, it, it's there. There are other avenues to do this without having a total change in this league, without having to shift power to essentially the nine clubs. You know, and I think from reading it, two thirds of a vote would make anything go through. So that's six of those nine clubs. If the, if the top six want something, it's going to happen. And I don't, I can't foresee a situation where that would benefit lower level clubs at all. And I think it's just, it's, it's really, it's really almost. Oh, I'd lost you. Hello. Take out. Hello. Yeah. I, I internet connection there are we second oh, sorry um that'll be for chris and edden but um yeah you're absolutely right in what you're saying there it's it's um it could be a very poison chalice for some of these lower clubs and if, if you were to ask all the supporters um i believe west ham are very um adamant in in not supporting the movement here um but all in all like you said it it's it's essentially favoring the bigger clubs. And if, if they have the two thirds vote, like you're saying, then I mean, who knows? It's, it's still early days yet, but um, if you were to ask the fans, especially in the UK, they've, you know, the, the pay-per-view games has, has just been released, which, you know, that there's pros and cons to, to that as well. Um, I mean, we can get into that right now too. Like I, I personally, in, in today's climate, especially with what's going on, I, I think it's a bit hard to ask fans pay 15 quid to watch a game when there's no fans, when only a couple of months ago, all the games were scheduled and free to watch on free TV. So it's a, a big, big gulf of difference that happens right here. So two months ago, every game was free. Now we're being asked, to pay 15 quid to watch Man United play Newcastle, <laughs> which, you know, it's um, horses for courses, but there you go, lads. I mean, what would you say with, when, when all the fans in America are complaining about Peacock and what's 15 pound in American dollars, like 25, maybe 30, 30 bucks roundabout? I don't think it's, it'd probably be about 20 bucks. I think it's, but yeah, it's still, still a, for for one match, it's still quite a bit versus the 
$5 a month that, you know, you can pay here. Paul, can we get your, your two pennies, your two cents on the, on the peacock yeah. crowd? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's just the timing thing. I think, I mean, for the most part, like, you know, everybody's struggling a bit financially, um, you know, and it, it's funny because I think, I think it's just a little bit tone deaf. I mean, the clubs are struggling financially, but they're not understanding that, you know, what happens when it, when a global pandemic hits, it hits everybody. So, you know, they're seeing, they're seeing the projected, like for Liverpool, for example, projected to hit hundred million in gate receipts this year, obviously not going to happen. So they're looking at, well, we got a hundred million we got to take up for somehow. And so these TV contracts are trying to inflate to make up for that, but they're not, they're passing that down, not understanding that like you're passing it down to consumers that don't have the capacity to do that. Uh, and a lot of people are stressed out and pissed off already. So, um, I think it's just a timing thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't sit well with anybody. My major thing too, is like, you know, when you charge, you know, 15 quid for, for a game, what are people going to do? Um, I mean, a lot of people are going to split it five ways and get together. It doesn't really encourage social distancing. Nope. So, you know what I mean? And so there's the logistics behind it too, I think are, are, are sort of sour. Um, I mean, it's a tough spot. Like I don't envy clubs right now. I mean, it's, it's really tough to project for the future um, and protect the brand, protect your financial um, holdings um, and find a way to make it work right now um, and still keep fans happy. Yeah, and I mean, look, we the, we could get into the 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 absolute disgusting facts that you know people like Pierre uh, uh, Aubameyang, he's got you know five million dollar cars, five one million dollar cars sitting, he's posting outside of them, you know, furloughing the the dinner ladies from clubs and things like this. There's there, there's a whole lot going on right now that um, has a lot to be desired. But we'll move on. Um, we'll talk about a few things that have been in in the social media and, and news outlets recently. Um, one thing that came to my eyes there today was, um, and Mateusz, off air, got to call you out for this one. It's probably a diversion tactic. <laughs> but no, it's a wonderful uh, movement they're doing. Uh, Liverpool have launched, uh, uh, it's called Red Together. And it's all about equality, diversity, and inclusion. And Liverpool were actually the first team to achieve the advanced level equality standard in, in 2017. And to celebrate the launch, there's a bunch of videos on the, on the official site, um, including um, a couple of the other podcasters, uh, Sheena Marie Williams of Cop Outs, that's the LGBT fan group for Liverpool and Morris Stewart of the Anfield Rap. Uh, if you have a chance, go and, go and take a look at the, the wonderful things Liverpool are doing on and off the pitch. Um, the other thing that caught my eye was Klopp's letter to that 11-year-old the other day uh, about anxiety. That um, Lewis Balf or Balfe or whatever he is, but he's 11 years of age and he's anxious about joining his new school in September. I'm anxious about going to work every day, lads. I don't know if I'm used to, but um, just wonderful to hear a man like Klopp, a, a true gentleman by all sorts, by all, by all accounts, just talk down to earth to, to this kid who, who, you know, wasn't really expecting a, a, a letter from Klopp, but he got one. Um, what's your take on the man? Obviously, Klopp's a legend, lads, but uh, Matush, Let's let's wax lyrical about our, our manager here for a wee minute. Yeah, I think I mean ultimately he's just 
he he's just a good genuine person i think that's what it goes down to he's he's an incredible manager but at the same time he understands that and he said it time and time again and you you can read about it and you can see in videos and um he understands that that football is not everything there's so many facets to life that are important and um it you can see it in during you know the the beginning of covid when people were asking him questions about covid he was he would respond saying why are you asking me i'm just a football manager you know <laughs> yeah. ask ask yeah. the experts ask the doctors ask the scientists and i think that's just ultimately it that's what i think makes him great is just the that he is just a genuinely good person that understands at at the very at the very core of everything is just we're just human beings, you know, and, and I think he understands that uh, people just sometimes they just need someone to, to listen to or someone to talk to. And I think he's, he, he's very knowledgeable of that. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, mental health and, and anxiety in general in today's world is, is through the roof. Um, and obviously goes without saying it's, um, it's better to talk about these things. And it, it's, it's just more proof that Klopp is, uh, so magnanimous he's just uh a true kind-hearted soul you know real salt of the earth paul like he he not only would you want to go out and and have a, a night out with him but you'd, you'd want to have a, a nice sit down and a cup of tea with him wouldn't you yeah for sure i mean i don't i don't you know obviously i don't follow a whole lot of other clubs outside of liverpool very closely in terms of like social media and things. So it's hard for me to say exactly, but I don't remember in my lifetime, another manager that we've had that's been, that's tied philanthropy into uh, a centerpiece of, of his job like Klopp has. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the sort of tendency for us is to throw the Shankly comparisons around, especially with his level of success. But I, I consider his persona and sort of his, his spirit to be closer to Shankly than, than even the results um, in terms of like really um, to me, he could be, he could, we could be a mid table team. And I think he would be just as loved and endeared to the city of Liverpool um, because he sort of embodies the fabric of Liverpool with those, the, the, the sort of the blue collar ethos and, um, and sort of what, what he brings to the table in, in regards to that. Yeah, I think that's that's a, that's a huge point, you know. And when he when he first came in, we were a mid table club, so yeah. we could we could cast our minds back and and uh, who was it? Was it Watford the the stand innovation at the two two, or who was it? Oh, uh, I think that that sounds right. Was it Watford? I, I forget now. I mean, it's five years ago, but he he is at the club five years now. And if you didn't get a chance to see those videos, um on the official Liverpool website there. It's, it's, uh, it's great just to listen to him and watch back the, the highlights of Barcelona with uh, classical music in the background. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, but it was brilliant. Um, and I did actually freeze frame it right at the very moment. So, so the, the corner is taken quickly. Divock puts it in the back of the net and I had to freeze frame again and take a screen grab of it because... There's a great shot where Jordi Alba just looks over. The, the balls went in the back of the net. Goal. Jordi Alba then looks over his shoulder. The camera angle is still right there looking at the corner flag. And Jordi Alba's looking at, at the linesman as if to say, is, is, that, is that a goal? Yeah, 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 it's still a goal. 
Rumor has it Jordi Alba's still on that corner flag looking, waiting for the flag. <laughs> but um, we'll move on to, uh, uh, I'd like to say more serious, but I'm Irish. So the joys of the international break, lads. Um, I won't talk about Ireland because, as I've said before, and, and many of us Irish have, it's club over country. Um, but, you know, I, I hesitate to, to mention the 7-2. I have already done it. There we go. Um, oh, God, Jamie. <laughs> God damn it. I know. It's been a long time. I've already <laughs> forgotten about it. I've just reminded everybody about it. But oh. do you think... We're talking this... about the time we beat Lincoln City, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're doing a throwback Seven pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I, just, I just remembered I, I felt really bad for Lincoln fans. And that's what went through my head. <laughs> that's what it feels like. For fuck's sake. So all, all jokes aside, do you think it's a... Uh, Good timing or bad timing? What, obviously, international break, there's pros and cons to it. We could go through them all night. But for me, I think the wait has done us good. It's, it, it's allowed me personally to sit on those hateful juices, to let them stew, to let them marinate. Now I've forgotten about it. I've put it on the shelf. The international break didn't, didn't do anything for me. I didn't really watch much of it. Um, except for a few of the viral videos, which I don't know if you guys seen them, but uh, did you see Trent for England in training versus uh, Declan Rice and Maguire? <laughs> no. Oh, my he, God. He, he absolutely... He spun Maguire. Maguire has had no idea where he went. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. If you have time, Paul, go and check it out because it's just... It's our right back. It's, it's the Scouser on our team playing front nine. I'm done with anything that involves Harry Maguire, honestly. <laughs> getting put on his getting put on his hoop as well. Um, another good little viral video from the England game was Hendo uh, and Mounier, who Hendo. I don't know if you listeners or or the guys joining me here have seen uh, Hendo got dragged down for a penalty, and at full time, uh, Hendo and Mounier are reenacting the quote-unquote dive that Hendo made. Uh, you know, the, the, it's out there for you guys to watch. Send us, send us your thoughts. Uh, if, you, if you guys, Paul or Mateusz, have you seen it? Oh, it's no, great. No, man. It's I've, great. It's great. The two guys are just actual... on the sideline, just rinsing each other. The two of them are <laughs> laughing their heads off, and Hendo's trying to explain how it was a penalty. It's brilliant. Nice. But, I just uh, heard that it was uh, Stevie G esque from Istanbul, <laughs> but that wasn't a dive. His hands were his hands were so... out as he was hitting the floor. You're <laughs> you're absolutely right. It was definitely Istanbul esque. But um, the international break, lads. Uh, aside from the the lads that went away, the the lads that went away on international. I mean, I I can run through the names now. Kevin Kelleher. VVD, Gomez, Robertson, Trent, Nico, and Reese Williams, Fabinho, Jorginho Wijnaldum. You've got Kaita, Henderson, which we can talk about Kaita and his international break in just a moment. Um, Curtis Jones made his debut for England under-21s. Uh, ben Woodburn, Harry Wilson, uh, Harvey Elliott, Roberto Firmino, 
Minamino, Hata, Shakiri, Divagrigi, and Camille Grabara all went on international duty. Um, what does it mean for you guys as Americans? What, what, aside from not being able to watch... Sorry, <laughs> Mateusz is looking Whoa, at me. <laughs> American, oh my goodness. <laughs> what do you guys think of it as uh, football fans? How about that? Well, in, the, in today's climate, with everything going on, I think it is, it's been rather irresponsible to send people across the world and then have them come back. Um, I think normally I don't have that much of a problem with an international break. If Okay, so, so if this Nations League is happening, then I understand the break and having you know, those, those matches played out. But in Europe this past week during the international break, they weren't playing the Nations. Not everyone's playing the Nations League. There were just a bunch of friendlies. And to me, it just seemed like, well, if you want to cut down on fixture congestion, and especially during the, the time of Corona, why would you even think about sending anyone out for international duty? Um, normally, I do enjoy at least watching Poland play, even though they're god awful every year. Um, Don't even talk to me, mate. Northern Ireland and Ireland? Yeah, yeah, you got Lewandowski. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, if he if he shows up, um, <laughs> I, we're pretty much in the same spot. Um, True. Yeah, I I just I don't know. I just think right now, going back to to something Paul said about um, about Peacock and and about the the pay per view, um, it's just it seems kind of tone deaf at, in the global climate right now, at least. Yeah. Paul, where, where, where's your standpoint on, on the international side? I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. Like, I, I don't think that it, – like, it's – the problem is, is that it's business. And, and honestly, business has come before health um, in this country, um, more so uh, than a lot of countries. But I think globally too, and, and obviously this is a good example of it. I mean, I think, I think that's an unfortunate – reality and why this has been such an ongoing issue for, for most of the globe. Um, the U S has, has been, um, uh, notoriously terrible at beating this thing, which isn't completely surprising to me for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but, uh, I'm the worst at, honestly, I'm the worst at international breaks because every, about two weeks out from every international break, I'd say I'm going to pay attention. And then every international break rolls around and the same shit happens. I don't pay attention. I go to, I have these eight foot bay windows. I'll go and watch the squirrels and say silent prayers for our players that are out there <laughs> knowing that they're probably getting ridden into the ground, playing 90 plus minutes. Um, and like, that's about as spiritual as I get is on international breaks. Yeah. That's like, you haven't watched any of it? No, no, none of <laughs> no, it. neither have I, neither have I, I other than too, viral videos. That and I do, I do, there's no excuse because I could, I just do dumb stuff like, like pray for their health and, spend money I don't have on like daily fantasy NFL stuff, like, <laughs> like, which for some reason feels better than watching internationals, which maybe says something about internationals. I don't know. Or more about me. I don't know. Um, Gamble responsibly folks. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, nah, that's cool. I've got multiple kids. They can go to work. Um, Child uh, labor. That's right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not very good at internationals because I, I don't pay as much attention as I should um, just because like... If you had uh, a horse in, in, the, in the race, who would it be? In, for, in, in, for an international team? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, don't say Brazil. No, when the World Cup rolls around, I tend to pay attention to the Netherlands. Um, I, like when I was... 
many moons ago when I was an active player uh, coming through the ranks of high school and college. I both had uh, uh, coaches that were uh, drilling in some fundamental uh, like Dutch diamond principles um, and a lot of like tactically things that the Dutch did. So in high school, when we, it, uh, this was before there was like regular internet access. That's how old I am. Um, like, there was old like VH, VHS tapes that like my coaches would pull out of like the Netherlands international stuff. And that was right before the world cup came to the U S. So that was kind of like what I got really into is the Dutch. I'll pay attention to the German team too, obviously. Yeah. Um, but those are sort of the two teams that I, I really follow. Um, my frustration with the U S men's national team comes from the internal setup of it. Um, I hate the way that we um, build from the back in this country in terms of like our talent. Um, like the NCAA is an absolute Achilles heel for our, it's for awful. our players. Yeah. So the awful. fact we're capping players at 20 hours a week when kids are overseas in academies at eight years old with unlimited capped time, uh, paid schooling. Um, and we're asking our kids, we're asking our best players to stay here at 20 hours a week cap time and pay $30,000 a year in tuition. So it's like, um, I just have a, I have a hard time with, like the principles that we sort of build uh, from the floor up in this country for U S men's national team. That's why I'm so glad to see finally players, um, you know, at, at good teams um, across the seas right now. At young right. ages. Just goes to show gonna, how hard it is in America, you know? Yeah. So I was going to say, if, if the quality of the U S men's national team was better, would you find yourself supporting them more rather than the Netherlands or, or Germany, for example? I would. Yeah, <laughs> I jump on that train. Yeah, over time, I'm sure I would. Over time, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just fr it's frustrating, you know. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I think it would take some time. I really do. I think it would take some time. But I'm already a little bit more interested just because we've got, you know, we've got kids at Dortmund and Schalke and like, you know, big big and clubs overseas are going to be playing. Barcelona, even. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's 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 Juventus. It's really. I think right now it's finally. You know, they always said. I, I, I'm not the oldest person here, but I always remember hearing every so often, every couple of years, yeah, soccer is going to be the next big thing here. Soccer is going to be the next big thing here. And every like two to four years, you would hear that and you would hear that and you would hear that and nothing would ever come of it. But now you've got players like Pulisic and McKenney and Dest. And I think it's, it's really starting to kind of come along. And yeah, it feels I mean, like now is the, the time. Yeah. Yeah. The country's so big. Obviously, if, if the best athletes in this country played soccer, they would probably have one of the best teams in the world. I mean, look, the, 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 the movement has been trying to get off the ground since Pele. Yeah. Right. Now, here's the problem with that, though. Like, our best players now that are overseas aren't kids, like, they're not necessarily our best athletes, okay? They happen to be supremely gifted athletes that are playing soccer for us, right? But the problem is, is that these kids are either military kids and already over there, or be their kids that are coming from from upper class families that have the money to move over very early until right. the, until that sport is accessible um, at the grassroots level and affordable for families that are coming from low income areas. Um, Cause I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to say that most of our talent comes from low to middle class. You know, that's not true, but the, the pool for talent is certainly bigger when you rule out low to middle class families. Um, and that's, it definitely that's strikes me as an outsider that it's, it seems to be in America that it's, you know, soccer's not golf. You don't need 
thousands of dollars in membership fees and green yep. fees and clubs right. and clothes. Back home for me, all you needed was a ball and two jumpers or two large tufts of grass. And that was your goalpost. You know, like if you were on your own, you kicked it off a wall. Mm -hmm. It seems to be in America that you have to pay for the luxury to play soccer. For sure. And I think until there's a clear, uh, a clear linear path that, that kids can see to pros for football uh, or soccer uh, in America, I don't, I don't see that ever changing because you're looking at the reason football and basketball are so popular uh, from low to middle class incomes. They go out in the yard, they play it. They know if they get good, you go on college, you go on pro. That's the route. Yeah. Um, there isn't that for soccer. No. Um, you know what I mean? And they don't know, like, you know what I mean? They're just, nobody's, nobody's growing up in Dallas, Fort Worth in a low income area and going, mm, I'm going to go play MLS one day. That's what I want to do. You know right. what I mean? And that, you know that that may be because the scouting game isn't good enough, or the 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 youth development isn't good enough. But there's there's a lot of reasons, basically, is what we're saying right. here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fundamentally broken because I think there isn't there isn't that grassroots network that makes it affordable on up. I mean, even in my area, we live in a great soccer area, Jamie. But like the, the Hammerheads program, yeah. dude, it's like a thousand dollars for one of my kids to play yeah. year round, and I got should three not, of them. Yeah. Should not be pay to play. It exactly. Should not be that way. I'm, and for, for listeners, uh, Paul and I live in the same area here. Matush, where, whereabouts are you currently? Chicago. Chicago. Chi-town. But, you know, and, and the same goes for anywhere. Like, this is, um, it's, a, it's a problem throughout the States. And it's, uh, it's frightening. I, I find it frightening, really. Um, I think you're doing yourselves a disservice uh, as, as a, a national team. Um, which I've completely bypassed. I don't, I don't even know if the United States played a friendly or anything in this international break. Um, Me neither. <laughs> yeah, don't you. know. Couldn't tell you. Uh, so moving on, <laughs> now that we've covered all our bases. <laughs> um, yeah, we've spoken a little bit about um, Corona and the effects of what's going on. In Liverpool, uh, apparently now this past couple of days, Liverpool is in the highest phase of lockdown, tier three, they call it in the UK. Um, but on a, a side note, in the Premier League, there's been five positive cases in this week's testing, which the testing accounts for 1,128 players. Um, the week before, there was nine um, positive cases, and the week before that, there was 10. Um, so Liverpool, the city itself, is entering the highest tier three lockdown, which means no pubs, no restaurants, all household mixing is now banned uh, with fines that can be uh, introduced. Um, and of course, with the international break, the news that um, Nabi, Nabi Keita has tested positive. I'm not sure if that's been made public and official or whatever, but the, the rumors are that, that Nabi has um, the Rona and Thiago is obviously just coming off it. Um, so that makes five Liverpool players, to my knowledge, um, that have either had it in our camp recently. Um, but of course, uh, Thiago's probably going to be fit for our game of the weekend, which I'm sure on, on Thursday when the next pod drops, 
we'll we'll delve a wee bit deeper in into the uh, the Toffees game, but um, I just can't see things getting any better. Um, I hate I hate to to bring the question up to you, lads, but do you think we're going to see the season through without another hold up? Paul, let's hit you first. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to know that answer in two weeks. I think, you know, when we hit that two-week window after internationals, is we're going to really – where it's really going to kick off. Um, I hope so. I, I think my gut feeling is we will, not because we should, but because it's business, you know what I mean? And I think Again, that, like yep. – Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's – and, like, you know, no matter how bad it gets, I mean, things are going to get buried, uh, and people are going to do what's best for the bottom line for, for money. And, uh, and let's be honest, they have the best healthcare. They have testing every other day. You know, they have the ability to social mm-hmm. distance and all the rest. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of the world, <laughs> life goes on. Right, for sure. I mean, and, and I think, you know, I think to some extent, like, you know, just from a, just from a morale standpoint, it's, it's nice to have something, right? I mean, um, so I, I, hope, I, I hope it does. I think it will. Um, I think it is going to get bad here in a week or two, though. Um, I think it's going to get kind of, kind of, uh, kind of gnarly. But yeah, it's got to get worse before it gets better, right, Matush? Well, I mean, I, I know that's a saying that gets tossed around, but I hope not. Um, I, I think the season will eventually see an end, but I do anticipate some sort of break, whether it's. It won't be as long as it was this past season, but um, I could see maybe a, a two to three, possibly maximum of a month kind of break. Because um, I don't know, it's it's going to be it. Winter's a different animal with um, with what's going to be going on, so it's hard to say. And I, I don't want to speculate. I'm I'm definitely not knowledgeable enough on this, and it's just it, it'll be it'll be nice to have something like Paul said. Um, so I hope nothing does happen, but yeah, I think after players come back from the break and then in about two weeks, we'll, we'll get a better picture of, of what's going to be going on. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's it. You know, like, like Paul said, it, it is nice to have something to look forward to, but you know, I obviously I'd, I'd love to see on uninterrupted football. Um, I'd, I'd love to also see the uh, end of, the internationals um, because let's be honest the, these players are making their money at their clubs not at their their countries um, the the money the the sponsorship money is all there in the clubs not in the internationals so I mean at, at the at the at the detriment of internationals I'd like to see <laughs> um, club football continue um, obviously as safe as it can possibly be um, with or without fans, whatever happens there, you know, at at this stage, the 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 train has to keep rolling. Like you said, Paul, it's it's business, so the money has to keep coming in. Um, other than that, lads, I I haven't really got too much else in the news. Um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about yourselves, or obviously we've got lots of stuff. As I said at the top of the hour, going on behind the scenes, like the um, the FIFA Twenty One tournament, will it'll probably be starting up soon, and we've got the fantasy league still continuing, um, which is it's been nice. Yeah, I see, I see you shaking <laughs> your fist in the air there, but 
Don't, don't you be counting your chickens before they've hatched. Uh, Somebody used one of his bonuses already. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, he's not alone. You in, play to win the game. He's, he's not alone in playing the wild card early. Uh, hey, it could be worse. At least he didn't use his triple captain already. There's plenty out there that have used their triple captain. So, um, yeah, fantasy's back in action. Um, the, the transfer deadline for your free transfer, one free transfer a week will be this Friday. Um, and quite a few of the lads here, the American Scouser crew are higher than myself. And I am the, the, the chairman of the board of the American Scouser group here at the Fantasy League. And I'm, I'm languishing down there in the, in the 40s and 50s. We but, can't uh, all be FSG, Jamie. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to mention where everybody else on the American Scarcer crew is. Uh, Christian. <laughs> um, but uh, to be fair, he's got a busy schedule, which uh, the, other, the second part of the Irish contingent uh, is, a, is a busy man these days. But, um, don't, don't let him use that as an excuse, though, because he gets on <laughs> and he talks massive smack about how good he's doing in Predictor. That's true. So, that's true. The Predictor so leagues, not- he is doing very well. He's um, keeping up on that just fine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. In all seriousness, it's all it's all just a wee bit of banter, um, an extra, an extra hole to throw yourselves into. Um, and we all here at American Scouser enjoy the enjoy the crack amongst ourselves and and the rivalry that comes with that. But um, anything else you just need to chat about or or say your two two cents on lads. I don't have anything newsworthy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's it for me as well. Yeah, well, uh, with all that being said, folks, thank you for joining us again, listeners. Um, we really do value your support, and it's great having you listening to us. And as I said at the, the top of the pod, soon you'll be able to put a, a face to these wonderful and diverse accents and uh for better or for worse for better or for worse (laughs) and uh and if you are in need of more soccer foosball fifa fantasy content head on over to americascoucher.com follow us on twitter and instagram of course and join the uh conversation with all of us at uh, lfc america on facebook um as I said, the FIFA 21 tournament should be starting up soon. We've got uh, our man Jordan. His uh, FIFA tournament recap is right there. Tumuchin, that's, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say on Tumuchin. That's it. Don't just even his, give him any more screen time. Just his name. Just his name. <laughs> but uh, as always, folks, turn on, tune in, and cop out with us at American Scouser Podcast. Lads, up the unbearable reds. Ciao. You'll never walk alone, boys. Take her easy. Later. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, absolutely, lad. Fair play. Fair play.